Hey y'all, I'm your host, Jaquela Lynn, aka Coach Quay, the productivity coach and your motivational queen. And this is the Productive Mompreneur Show. This podcast is for mompreneurs who want tips to be more productive in their family life and their business. Because God so freely gave these tools to me, I will give you everything you need. Do you need motivation? Motivation. And where should you go? Coach Quay. Maybe you might need some stimulation. Stimulation. Who got that? Coach Quay. Coupled with some determination. Determination. You already know. Coach Quay. And given that supernatural inspiration. inspiration. Oh, yeah. Coach Quay. Hey, 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 and welcome back to the Productive Mompreneur Show. I'm your host, Jaquela Lynn. Let's dive right in. So this month, I told you we are going to be interviewing some amazing powerhouse women, some women in our community that's going to shed light on how their moms, how they're productive, and how their businesses are thriving and helping the community. So this week, I'm excited because we've got not only a Black leader in the community, an amazing author, but she's my childhood friend. We've known each other like literally forever. So I get the opportunity to introduce Marquita Thompson, and she's just going to share with us a little bit about her just being a mom and an entrepreneur, and then we'll jump right into the, the interview. Go ahead. All right. So hello, and thank you for having me. My name is Marquita Thompson. As you mentioned, I am a mom. I've been a mom for 14 years. Um, And I am a mom to actually five children. I have a blended family. Um, So they are 14, 12, nine, soon to be seven, and soon to be four. I am an author, as you just announced. I just had my first book. I just, um, it's called One Small Step, Living with Trauma. And it's actually a journal um, for people that are affected by trauma, for people that have had previous trauma and like childhood trauma. Um, I'm a licensed professional counselor in the state of Ohio. Um, And so I made that journal specifically for my clients um just so they can hear my voice when they're outside of therapy um yeah and I also have my own business um so I have a private practice called Mahogany Bridges Mental Health Services um that was just opened up in January 2022 awesome awesome so I'm big on names and I'm curious how'd you come up with Mahogany Bridges So mahogany bridges, to me, uh, when I hear the word mahogany, I think of all hues of brown. I think of brown, I think of um, the strength and the the amber behind the mahogany color. Um, And then I also identify with bridges, like I'm a big, um, I don't know, visual person. And so when people come into my chair as a therapist, like I always try to give them some type of like visual, like I just say like I'm basically a replica of a bridge where my job or my role in this this um, therapeutic relationship is to get you from one point to another I tell them like from the start that you know I can't walk the whole journey with you but if I can get you from point a from trauma to a point of healing then I've done my job successfully so so yeah that's where mahogany bridges came from I love that from trauma to healing. So you, you're a licensed professional counselor, you're an author, and you put the book out so that more than just your clients can use it, right? 
Yes, yes, definitely. I want it to be a tool for the community. So Mahogany Bridges is specifically for Black and brown people. Um, it's a space where I feel like people can um, show up as their authentic self. I think that in a lot of areas that we um, we are in, in the grocery store, some workplaces, um, just being in America, like we're identified as the minority and we don't have a lot of safe places. And so with Mahogany Bridges and with the journal, like I intended it for it to be specifically for um, black and brown people. Um, if others want to use it, it's no problem, but it's specifically for that, that safe space for them to have a place where they can document how they're feeling and ask questions like in regards to trauma, um, about forgiveness, it asks about their day, it asks about how they're sleeping. It just asks about those different things that, that I would probably ask while they're in session. Awesome. I love that. That's awesome. I think it's very important that we have a safe space. I love one of the things like in my personal group, my community, we, we get together once a month virtually and it's our safe space. And we can talk about all the things that you might not feel comfortable posting on your social media or in my life, there were things that I just didn't say to my mom, you know, but I needed somebody who I can talk to about it. And so I totally love that you have a safe place, a safe space for women and people of color to really just come in and say what's on their heart, what's on their mind, what's, what's plaguing them. Cause sometimes it's like, once you say it, then you get to just move on. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to get it off your chest. Like, so I love that. That's awesome. Definitely. So how long have you been in business? Did you start your business before becoming a mom or after? So it was actually after becoming a mom. So I've been a mom for 14 years, but I've actually been in the mental health field for, um, I graduated in 2016. Um, but I've been working with families. I've been working with children, um, like in the community um, for be since before um, my son was born um, in 2008. Um, and so... Yeah, so now that I'm entering, oh, I had transitioned from being an independent contractor, which I still am, where I was working and trying to balance the whole life of being a mom and working full time. Um, being an independent contractor, I get to choose my own hours. I get to choose like what time is most productive, which time is most suitable um, with the balance of me and my husband, um, our schedules, but trying to support our children and being um, as present as possible. So it was actually after I start, um, after I was a, a mom um, and then became a new mom. And three years ago, we had a, um, we had a little boy. And so that's been another like journey, just kind of, I guess, um, giving him the attention that he needs being three years old and really incorporating those um, morals and values into him that even though we're incorporating into our older children, they have a little bit more independence. Mm-hmm. So you do you work from home? I do work from home. So Mahogany Bridges is completely virtual, um, which I made it specifically um, for the convenience of people who won't have to like worry about gas or worry about how to get there. And um, just the convenience of clicking on your, your phone um, or your laptop um, and being able to be in the comfort of your own home and be comfortable um, rather than being in a 
going to a whole building and having to get acclimated. Then they want you to sit, you know, people want you to sit down and just like, you're, you're already tense because you're in a new place. Yeah. Um, and in this day, you gotta wear your mask all day. Mm-hmm. And feel yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I wanted to be where somebody felt comfortable enough to share. So you could be in your room, um, on your couch or what have you, and just be comfortable. In your pajamas. <laughs> Come as you are, be authentic, just come with clothes on. That is the goal. Right. I know there were so many days where people thought like, wow, you get all, you get dressed up for all your virtual speaking gigs. And I'm like, well, I get dressed up according to what y'all can see, because Mm -hmm. I'll have on like some banging top. My face will be beat, but I will have on leggings, pajamas, or Lord knows what, like, just don't ever let the camera drop. Right. Exactly right. Yeah. That's oh. how it is in the virtual. I'm like scooting back to do something. I'm like, oh, they can see my leggings. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think that that helps too, to like for them to bring the guard down. Like, okay, Marquita just came in her leggings. Right. And, and I think it makes people feel a little more comfortable for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're like, oh, she's a normal person. Yeah. Because I know when I worked in corporate America, I showed up in a stuffy suit every day in high heels and I mean high heels are cute and everything but I hate them um I <laughs> I want to wear them when I want to wear them not every day and I don't want to um look like somebody else's idea of what corporate looks like or what professional looks like I had issues anyway in the professional world because they couldn't handle this black girl with these long lots so mm-hmm. being a counselor you know, what would you say to women who are really trying to, you know, meet somebody's identity, therefore letting go of their own, like when they're trying to move into doing their own work, their own business, but they got this idea of what everybody else is telling them, what would you suggest to them? Just listen, in 2022, we no longer are like shrinking down to meet status quo. Like be your authentic self. If you have to shrink down to be in a space, do you really want to be there? Do you really want to put yourself through that trauma? Because it can become traumatic if you've been there long enough or even the first day, like it can be traumatic where you're just like, oh, this person doesn't want to accept my locks. So now you're second guessing like, okay, are they really beautiful? Or they don't, they want me to have my hair pulled back or, you know, straight or whatever whatever the case may be. Um, We've learned over time, like as history has shown that our, as African-American women, like our race, our beauty, like it's, it's just a natural thing and people gravitate towards it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just embracing who you are and not settling, because like I said at the beginning, like, it's like, do you really want to be in that space authentically, you know, or could you create your own? Like create your own space, create your own atmosphere where you're just like, you know what, they can do it and I can do it too. Like so many people are, so many people are starting businesses these days where it's just like, all you need is an EIN number. Just go ahead and start it. You need a plan, a business plan and everything like that. And you can do it. Yes. An EIN, a business plan. And And I love that because you said it, if you can't figure it out in their lane, create your own lane. And you talked about how you worked for someone and then you became an independent contractor. You created Mahogany Bridges. So you created 
the space that worked for you. And a lot of people feel like, oh, I'm not that creative or I don't know how to do that. Like, what did you do when you became a business owner? Tell them, besides we know, we already know you got an EIN and a business plan. What are some other tips that you can give these moms to really go for what it is that they want to do? So one of the things that started me into a counseling, um, the counseling field is that like, I just kind of, one, I never knew there was counselors out there, especially ones that look like us. Like that was something that one, you don't go out and tell your business as African-American, just like, no, (laughs) don't tell nobody our business, what goes in this house stays in this house. But there were so many things that took place um, as a young child for me that I didn't even realize were full traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, going and working in, um, in different atmospheres, um, like I began to feel self-conscious and I began to feel ostracized and things like of that nature. Um, the independent contracting position that I am in is an African-American, um, environment. The young lady who found it, she is one of African, she's African-American and she wanted this specifically for people of color as well. Um, and so she comes with jeans and hoodies and just being comfortable and things like that. And I gave myself a, um, a deadline like okay in two years like I have a plan to elevate like I have a plan to not stay um, not stay stagnant in this role Um, so just envisioning like where you are and where you want to be because the bigger goal is like okay do I see myself working here for a lifetime or is it for a moment Um, with the independent contracting position like I saw that okay this is a space that I see people coming um, of color who are so comfortable like when they sit down in the seat they're just like oh my goodness do you know how long it's been since I just wanted to talk to somebody that looked like me that and it's just like them taking a, a breath of fresh air where they're just like I'm just so happy to find you because oftentimes it's like finding a unicorn finding a black therapist um and so I was just like there was more spaces like there needs to be more spaces like this one there needs to be more um conversations had and so with the independent contracting position, like it's uh, face-to-face most of the time, but then I have a lot of virtual sessions. Um, so I just decided that, you know what, I can make my own. And no, there's no shade or anything like that. No animosity. Like my friend, she's a friend of mine. And she's like, yeah, I definitely agree. Like, yes, you can do this. And so I think just having those supportive people around you, like, yeah, there's no shade. There's enough people. There's enough business. There's enough community out there for everybody. Like having those people that are more supportive. It's no competition. It's this is our lives. And this is our legacies that we're leaving behind for our, our, our kids and our communities. So when I look at just being um a therapist I try not to just look at the person in front of me like it's not just the person it's the family that I may be impacting and then it's also the community because that's the way our demographic is Mm -hmm. I love that and just listening to you talk I can see why Mahogany Bridges is your business name because you really talk about being that bridge you know you're being the bridge from trauma to healing i heard you talking about envisioning where you are and where you want to be and there you are a bridge to help them get there you know so i I love that i want to talk a little bit about the trauma part because you mentioned something that most people don't even know that they were experiencing things that could be considered a trauma So if you can just um, expand on that a little bit, like for women 
who are trying to go in business, a lot of times our businesses fail because we haven't dealt with the stuff. So maybe point out some things that the women should know could qualify as trauma and a tip on how to overcome it. Definitely. So trauma can be experienced in various ways. I've experienced so many situations and I'm just like, thank you, God, that I'm not what has occurred to me um, from sexual molestation to seeing DV um, to um, recently uh, working in one of the corporate uh, companies that I was working in. Like I was um, a mom who, like I said, three years ago, I was breastfeeding and so I was pumping and somebody just walked in without any explanation and it was just like very um humiliating I was very embarrassed and just very um taken back by the audacity because there was no apology given Mm. and so that was when I was just like okay it's time for me to leave this space because not only you know I feel violated at this point um And so with women who have experienced various things, um, I think identifying like, okay, this was something traumatic, um, that part of it, like, you know, it doesn't have to be, oh, I'm just, I just need to get through it. Oh, I just need to get over it. Like, no, stopping and identifying like this is something that has occurred to me and it wasn't right. I didn't feel right. My body did not, um, because your body will send you like signals of, you'll get tense, you'll stop talking, you'll, whatever it is, that fight, flight, or freeze mode will kick in. Um, And so that was one thing that happened. Um, But processing it, um, telling a friend is good, always good, um, but also seeking therapy. So me as a therapist, yes, I sought a therapist to talk about those things that I may have kept in and that I didn't even realize were actually... um, impacting me on the day-to-day in regards to the things that I experienced as a child, um, some roles that I realized like, huh, that wasn't really right, or that wasn't really what I thought it was at the time. But when you're older, you see things from a different lens than you did as a child. Um, And so, yeah, so processing, um, like I said, having a friend is good. However, um, a friend, I, I always equate like counseling somewhat to the medical field. Um, so if you break your arm, you're going to go talk to your friend and be like, girl, this, it doesn't feel right. Something is wrong. Um, and they're going to refer you to a, a, a doctor. Yeah. So the same can be said with your mental health. If something feels wrong, something feels wrong, um, going to see a, a therapist, going to see somebody to talk to and to that actually has the skills, actually has the, the background to help you deal with those things that you're facing. That's good. That's good. I remember my first experience with a therapist and I'm 36 and never saw a therapist until I was 34. And it was for the very reason that you mentioned, like black folks, we don't be telling people our business, you know, we just keep everything bottled up until we snap and explode. And I sat down and I was praying one day and I said, you know, Lord, I don't want to snap. I don't want to explode. I I love who I am now. I'm comfortable in my skin, but something's just not right. And I said, Lord, you got to do something. You got to figure this thing out for me. And I, I put it in your hands and I left it alone. The craziest thing, the phone rang. So let me just back up. That was the day that I got in my car and decided I was taking a, a trip. I packed my kids up. My husband had to work still. So I'm like, we're out of here. COVID had just started. You know, I was like, I can't take it. I got to get out of here. And so we got in the car and we drove and I was praying. And then the phone rang 
And they're like, yeah, so we've got this new therapy program and your insurance pays for it. And we were interested, interested to know if you wanted to try it out. I was like, yes, when can we start? You know, and it was, (laughs) and it was just like, God, you answered that question, that, that prayer so fast. And I had the therapy and that's when I noticed that my first therapist, I, you know, they don't tell you on the phone, oh, I'm, I'm black or I'm white, but you, you know, a sister's voice when you hear one and you know, she's not your sister. (laughs) And so the lady I had was so sweet. We identified in so many things, but she did not understand the dynamics of, you know, a black woman, a black family, the things we went through growing up, the unspoken expect, the unspoken expectations, you know? And so when I'm talking to her, I was like, yeah, she don't get it. So I had to request a new therapist for the next one. And I was very clear, like, I want a black woman. And boy, oh boy, did I get one. So she was a little bit too rough for me. Like, I was like, wait a minute. I didn't want to go from zero to 100. I was thinking y'all could meet me in the middle somewhere. But she definitely had me looking at things from a different standpoint, you know, helping me um, address situations in a way that wasn't so roll your neck and snap your head type of deal. She's like, she would really hit me like, Jaquela, do you really think that was the best way to address that situation? And I was like, isn't there like a, a counselor way you're supposed to say that? And she said, <laughs> she was like, would you have received it if I would have said, okay, Jaquela, do you think we can plot out? And I was like, yeah, you're right. Nah, nah. So, so I, I'm glad that you created a space where women like me, who seemingly have it all together, where women like me who seemingly have it all together can come and just say what we need to say. We can release those feelings that we're having and have somebody talk to us who understands us or could at least recognize what we're saying. Like it's not foreign to them, you know, because my other counselor was foreign to her. Some of the stuff I was saying, I was like, y'all don't have this in your community. (laughs) So it was definitely interesting. So I'm grateful that you created that space for us. I want to talk about something because you brought up the whole breastfeeding and pumping situation. And, Mm -hmm. you know, growing up, I never, ever saw anyone breastfeed ever. And if I did see it, it was a white woman. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was probably like on TV. It wasn't even in person, you know? So like when I had my kids and I decided to breastfeed, I actually went through some crazy trauma because I had to hear everybody's negative words about breastfeeding and, you know, I I hope no one gets offended, but they would say, you just gonna have your titty out everywhere. This is what they would say to me. And I'm like, my child needs to eat, you know? And so I was basically bad mouth because I wouldn't exclusively pump or because I didn't want to use formula. And for me personally, I didn't get to give my kids and I didn't get to have a natural birth. You know, I had all three C-sections. So I was robbed of a natural birth experience. And I'm like, the least I can do is use this natural grown food right on the inside of me. So I was so proud of myself. And then here comes all the negativity. 
And, you know, we were at the swimming pool and I remember it like it was yesterday. My son, he's 10 now. And I remember like yesterday when we were at the swimming pool and he was hungry and I went to sit on one of the little lounge chairs and nurse him and people were walking over to me like, what are you doing? Why do you have your boobs out? Why don't you go in the bathroom with that? You know, and I'm like, do you eat in the bathroom? But listening to you, that was a trauma that. I had to overcome. And so I want to hear from you, you know, other women who are experiencing traumas like this, where everybody has something negative to say and they don't understand it. So they don't want you to do it. How do the women overcome certain ones like this? Man, that was a good question. Um, Because it is like, sadly to say, it is frowned upon in our community. Like it's not something that's encouraged. Um, at all like I mean I think that now things are becoming a little less taboo um but it is definitely not one at least from the generations prior to us now you know we already have the history we know the history of like the wet naps and um Mm -hmm. the the the, uh, nannies or whatever who breastfeed during slavery and things like that so I don't know when it took a turn for like something that was just so frowned upon and it's just like oh you know what like breastfeeding is for people that are poor so you don't have to pay for food but I'm like yeah these little bags that I have this milk in is pretty expensive I know and this pump that costs $400 yes yes. I'm like no I don't know who said this was cheap but they lied right um but I think that um as I said before like really surrounding yourself with um those individuals that care about what you care about um it's definitely important to have to find your your community define your your team of people so um yeah I have family members as well that were just like no like what do you why why do you want to do that and everything like that but I was determined I was determined to feed my child, you know, from my body and to give him the nutrients that he deserved um, the way that God intended it to. But no, it was so. So that was the intention. Um, And so I did a lot of research. I bought the books. I joined the clubs on Facebook. I was determined. So I knew as soon as I went into that um that maternity ward, I was like, nah, uh, yeah, we we not breast, we not, we not uh we're not formally feeding. And this is no shade to anyone that that um that chooses to formally feed. Right. Like as long as you give me your, your baby the nutrients that he needs, that is the most important. Um, but identifying like um that my trauma came from uh, like my first born child. I felt like I wasn't hurt when I was um, during my um, my pregnancy plan. Like I felt like I wasn't hurt. I felt like I didn't advocate for myself. Um, so that is a huge thing that I try to encourage everyone that sits across from me or even friends and family is advocate for yourself. Uh, one thing that I feel like us as a people, we've been conditioned and it could be anybody, honestly, but we've been conditioned to like when we go into that doctor's office you just shut up and be quiet and you take whatever they tell you and it's just like no it's not working that way and in 2020 in the 22nd uh century like we are advocating and being empowered and saying like no you have some you have to answer some questions like i'm not just going to take your prescription because you said so um but i want an explanation as to what's going on because that's that same behavior it carries over into an adulthood like i noticed as me you know as an adult me a grown woman i'm just like yeah this is how i'm feeling and then a doctor write a script and this is on my way home just like well what am i gonna do am i gonna yeah. take this 
people, they gave it to me. And it's just like, yeah. So I think advocating for yourself, I think um, surrounding yourself with positive um, words, affirmations, um, utilizing coping skills and identifying first, what is it that you want? Mm-hmm. That is the first thing. Like, what is it that you want? Because everybody has an opinion, just like everybody has a butthole. Everybody's going to give you their perception of you should do this, you should do that, and you should go here and all that stuff. But when truth, when it all hits the fan, like, would they really have done that? Would they really have chose that? Mm-hmm. You choose what's best for you and your family or you and your child in that moment. Yeah. I remember when I decided I didn't care what anybody said because I was a brand new mom. I had never seen anyone breastfeeding. So when I would be at restaurants, they would send me and, you know, the one manager put a chair in the bathroom for me. And I felt like, oh, thank you. And then I was sitting in the bathroom and it's stinking. And I was like, I ain't feeding my baby in here. You know, like this is a space where we poop and pee. I'm not coming to make my baby eat in here. You know, and so I came out and I sat at my desk and I, I mean, at the table where we were dining and the manager comes over and says, you're upsetting our patrons. I said, tell him quit looking at me then. And it was like something that snapped in me all of a sudden. It just snapped. I don't eat in the bathroom. My baby ain't eating the bathroom. If you don't like what you see, quit looking at me. And, you know, unfortunately, it was looked at as I was the angry black woman because I was standing up for myself. I was advocating for myself and my child and what I believed in and what I stood for. But I'm like, we're all sitting at the table eating. I ain't bothering nobody. It ain't like I had it all out. You know, I had a cover on, you know, but my baby did not like the cover. So he would often, you know, throw it off. So I found shirts and everything to be as least exposed as possible. And I just couldn't believe that they came to my table, interrupted me while nursing my child to tell me that somebody else in the restaurant was offended by what I was doing. I said, tell them to quit looking at me, you know? And I think that you gave four really good tips, set intentions, do your research, have a support system and surround yourself, you know, with people and positivity and advocate for yourself. And I'm listening to what you said. And I'm like, yes, I did all that stuff. And it was like, when I got to that advocate for myself part, they looked at me as the, the angry black woman, because that's the stereotype that they see for us. And I had to deal with yet another episode of trauma. Why you got to act like that? Why you got to embarrass us? Why you got to? And I'm like, I'm just doing what I believe is right. Feet in my child. Like, why is this so wrong? You know? And so we are going to have trauma after trauma after trauma. What's a practice that we need to put in? I think I know the answer, but I just want you to say it. What's a practice that we need to put in so that we can properly deal with these traumas in a way where it doesn't like tear us up, you know? Um, I say self-care, just really kind of in processing, identifying like where this trauma may be coming from. And is this something that is actually yours, like validating yourself and your feelings? That is key because we'll oftentimes be ostracized or made to be um, where you'll feel like you're isolated. Um, And you know, don't settle for that. Because like Michelle Obama said, you know, when they go low, low, we go high, like she was ostracized, she was made to look like a villain and to made to look masculine and everything like that. Um, You know, oftentimes, like, we as African American women, we as people of color, we have to kind of own our own stuff and realize like, I'm not the one that's being, uh, I'm not intimidating, you're just intimidated. Mm -hmm. Like, it's 
there's a difference because I'm not pursuing that. You're just, you're, you're projecting, you're projecting your, your fears, your, your insecurities onto me. And it has nothing to do with me. And yeah. so identifying, identifying boundaries, identifying like where my feelings end and where yours begin and really owning that because other people, they will project and they will deflect and everything. And it's just like, yeah, at the bottom line, at the, at the gist of this, at the bottom line is that, you know, I'm going to breastfeed my child and this has nothing to do with you. You are not entitled in my space. You are not entitled in this environment. You do not have to look. It's a choice for you to look. It's a choice for you to be here. It's a choice for you to be my doctor. Um, and that's another thing as far as the advocacy, like, when you go into these providers office, this is a tip for anybody. When you go into these providers office, doctor, therapist, counselor, um, I don't know, lawyer, we work for you. Yeah. That's the thing. Like they don't, you don't work for us. We work for you and we're part of your care team. And so really kind of identifying that, like, you know, this is my life and I'm going to control it and I'm going to um, do it as I please. Mm-hmm. I feel like I went all the way around, but no, that's good. <laughs> And you're so right about that. I remember, as, and this is a part of my self-care, I hire a housekeeper. Um, it works for me. It makes my life easier. I know what I want to do and what I don't want to do. And I don't want to clean this big old house. So I hire a housekeeper and she called me a little girl. And <laughs> I don't know what she thought, but I was like, um, you work for me. <laughs> without people like me to pay people like you, you have no job, you know? And I think it's very important what you said, remind, reminding them, like, you're the provider, I'm the payer, <laughs> you know? And so, and not being disrespectful, you know, but this, like I said, she called me a little girl. She was disrespectful and I did the greatest thing ever. I fired her because it was my power to do so. And I hired somebody else. And when I seen her in the store, she was like, I haven't seen you in a while and you won't ever. I told you, you were fired. I was not playing. Mm-hmm. Get that little girl stuff out of your mouth and you might not lose any more clients. So, <laughs> so considering this is the productive mompreneur show, mm-hmm. how do you stay productive? What is productivity for you in your viewpoint? And how do you stay productive? Um, so productivity for me is seems, I think it's different, like my outlook on it, because I feel like the value placed on productivity can sometimes seem diminishing, especially when you're a new mom, you're just like, oh, I didn't do this. And I didn't do that. And everything like that. It's like, but you survived the day. Mm -hmm. You made sure that baby was fed. You did, you know, whatever it is that was in your means to do. Um, So productivity for me looks like self-care. And one thing that I do that I feel like is productive is just I go and work out (laughs) I like set aside time where I am not Marquita the wife I'm not Marquita the mom I'm not Marquita the therapist or anything like that I'm not holding space for anybody but myself um and so with COVID today like that's kind of like my only like outlet is just to go and work out and then like I work um, I work and I see people and I hold spaces for them, but just having that outlet, having that, um, that space where I can just kind of be me, um, that is my productivity. Like everything else is like, yeah, I have a binder, I have a, um, a planner, um, and I have calendars. I have like three different calendars I go off of. Um, and so that, yeah, but, but yeah, it's, it's my self-care. That's my productivity. 
I love that. You know, I had a call with someone recently and she said, I'm not very productive. And I said, you're not? And she's like, no. And I said, do your kids make it to school on time every day? Right. And she was like, yes. I said, is everybody eating? And she said, yes. I said, are the bills paid? She said, yes. I said, did you wash yourself today? She said, yes. I said, girl, you productive to me. You know, yeah. and she was like, well, I mean, I feel like I'm not getting things done to other people's standards. I'm not had to tell her, forget other people's standards. And so yeah, one I thing I encourage her to do, what you just said, is that every single day, put a bit of self-care, a bit of you on your calendar. Yes. I can put all the work stuff, all the kids stuff, all the husband stuff. But if Jaquela is not on the calendar nothing else is getting done. So <laughs> like you, I do my workouts and every Friday I take a bubble bath. Um, mm. In January, I did what I called a quaycation where my husband and I talked and I went and stayed in the Airbnb from Friday to Sunday, just me. Great. Yes. I ate cookies and I ate ice cream and I watched Encanto several times and I just did me and it was self-care and a lot of women feel like oh self-care is selfish and I'm like no it's not so do you have anything to say about that comment where women think that self-care is selfish definitely not because even though we wear these various hats and um where we have these various titles like I just envision like you know you come into this world alone well besides if you're a twin You'll enter the world alone or any a multiple. Um, you still enter this world alone and you still will die alone unless there is some other incidents. And so living in that moment for you and being like being a human being, um, oftentimes like that being part gets replaced with doing or being a doer, a human doer. And it's like, no, it's being a human being. Like, are you being present? Are you really enjoying this life? Um one of the artists said, you know, not everybody, everybody lives. No, everybody dies, but not everybody lives. Like that is so true. Like we mm-hmm. were um, in this world where society has, it's a capitalist society. So everybody has to be protective. Everybody has to be working. Like when the world shut down for COVID, like that, I, I enjoyed that time because it was just yeah. my family being here present. Everybody was safe. Everybody was like able to engage, we're able to eat dinner together, we're able to eat breakfast or whatever the case may be. We're engaged in their studies and things like that. Um, so self-care are, is not selfish. It's not selfish by any means because that self part of you is what is keeping your family going. That self part of you is that cup that you carry around with you every day and you're either, you're either giving it to someone or you're filling it back up. And so that filling it back up part is essential because that is oftentimes how anxiety uh, comes about or depression, postpartum. That is how those things happen um, because those things are a symptom. They're not like, oh, I have depression. Well, depression comes from something has occurred, either a trauma, something has has happened to alter um, your normal or your day-to-day and things like that. So just identifying like uh, that is a very important um, aspect of life is just like I need to have my self-care I need to have my moments like you said taking a bath um, just taking a moment away 
Um, sitting in the car when you get home from work, before you step in the house, that is a part of self-care. Just listening to your favorite song and um, going down that like that nostalgia, that that memory lane where you're just like, oh, I remember this song when I was a kid or a teenager, whatever the case may be. Those things kind of feed that inner child. It feeds who you are, or who you're developing into and really kind of, I don't know, it, it's important. Yes, I am in total agreement. This was so good. I know we could probably talk forever about all these things and really help women to overcome trauma because I feel like when women are healed, so ladies, listen, she is helping you with a bridge to go from trauma to healed. I believed healed women help women. And the more healed women we get, the better we get to do. Women are amazing with all the businesses being started. Black women are at the forefront of that. It's more black women starting businesses than anybody right now, which I think is pretty dope. (laughs) And we're out here changing the game. And if we can get more of us happy, healed and whole, then we can do so much more for our community, for our families. We can probably even see less broken families, you know? Like I look at some of the situations I've grew I grew up watching and I formed my life based on what I did not want to happen based off of what I saw, you know, mm-hmm. and not so much based on what makes my heart thrive, you know? So I've been working through that as well with my husband to make sure that my marriage is exactly that, my marriage, not mm-hmm. me trying not to replicate or trying to not make the same mistakes as somebody else. So this life is a journey, girl, I tell you. <laughs> Okay, so I'm I'm super grateful for you being here today. If you had to give one final piece of advice from Marquita, what would it be? Just be your authentic self. Like no more, um, no more like putting uh, your candle under a cup or under a closure or anything like that, but shine bright. Like think of all the greats or all those people that we envision are great, um, who have shined, who have stood apart and who just stood up as their authentic self. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's nothing like it. Uh, there's a poem that me and my family, we like live by. And it just says, you know, our greatest fear is not that we are, um, inadequate but that we are great beyond measure and it just says like you know who am I to be great who am I to walk this journey and it's just like who are you not to be um so really embracing like who God has made you to be like you are put here on this earth for a purpose and you not shining your light it's not doing anything for anybody like everybody can be a replica of this person, that person, but only you can be you. So be your authentic self. And if you are in spaces that you feel like you can't be your authentic self, change them. Okay. And just really like, because life is too short. And with COVID, we've seen that it is shorter. Like people are passing left and right. And so live your life like it's, it's, it's your last day and just really kind of, um, yeah, just, just be authentic. I love that. Oh, and also purchase my book at Amazon. I was just about to say, let everyone know the title of your book again, and we will pop the link in the show notes, but you can type it in on Amazon. Go ahead. Tell us the name of your book again. Yes, it's One Small Step, um, Living with Trauma, and then follow me also on, I'm on Facebook, 
um, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok now for uh, Mahogany Bridges, LLC. All right. So I'll pop all of her information in the show notes where you can follow her, you can purchase her book and shoot, shoot her a DM and tell her how much you love this episode and how it helped you in some way. Better yet, tag us on Instagram so we can see it. So Marquita, I'm so thankful for you just joining to the show, you know, participating and sharing your knowledge. I want people to know that this is not just the Jaquela show. This is a show where we come together and share our knowledge so we can build our community. So I'm grateful for you for doing that with me today. I'm so grateful to be here. Like, thank you. And this platform, I've been listening to your podcast. I'm like, yes, like I'm just giving all types of snaps and stuff. Yes, thank you. (laughs) And a lot of people, and it's just kind of encouraging that self-care, the whole, like you can do it and all the, the, um, the positive perspectives in areas of life. Thank you so much. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us. I pray you take these tips that she gave us, take them, use them and be your most amazing and authentic self. We appreciate you for putting us on your to-do list. Now go do something productive. Peace. Hey, thanks for listening to the Productive Mompreneur Show. If you enjoyed today's episode and found value in it, it would mean a lot to me if you share your biggest takeaway in your Instagram stories and tag at Jaquela Lynn. That'll help me help you through these podcast episodes. And while we're helping people, you can take one minute to rate, review, subscribe, and share with other people who you think might enjoy this. To learn how to work with me directly or get access to my tips, freebies, and trainings, be sure to head over to JaquelaLynn.com. Put slash community if you want to join my Facebook community. I'm Jaquela Lynn. Thanks for adding me to your to-do list. Now go do something productive. You already know. Go play.